0: everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk all about it. Just a quick reminder, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so we may mention some things that happen in future episodes of Felicity, but this is a really fun one anyway, so maybe just stick around for it. I am Melissa, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Fish, fish. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great today. This was a fun one.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited about this one. I talked it up last time, and I feel like it was it earned its praise. Uh, so we are talking about season one, episode ten. This episode is called "Finally." It originally aired December fifteenth, nineteen ninety-eight. This was uh, the episode right before about a one-month break for the show or in terms of when it aired. It was written by J.J. Abrams, directed by Michael Fields. And the summary is, though finals and Christmas break are fast approaching, Felicity spends most of her study time literally wrapped up in Knoll and helping Ben prepare for a poetry test. Meanwhile, Sean tries to sell fruit to students in the library. You know, I guess if you're gonna try to summarize this episode, that's as good as anything. I don't know. Fish, where do you want to start in this hodgepodge of a fun little episode?
1: Yeah, I think I just want to start by talking about how they actually shot it. It was all these fun little vignettes uh, of one or two people, uh, sometimes three, coming together, coming apart, moving around. Um it was very fast and kind of frenetic and sort of the the music that went on in the background. Uh, you know, compared to them putting the subtitles on when they're supposed to be in the silent area of the library. Um, I just thought it was fun. They had all these just little moments of that we could laugh at. So. Yeah. I kind of just want to go through some of them. I mean, do you have any favorites?
0: Well, so I will, s- I, the whole thing is my favorite, really. I mean, so if you were to say, Melissa, what's your favorite episode of Felicity? There are two that come to mind. This is one of them. There are favorites for very different reasons. Uh, and maybe it'd confuse people that I like the two episodes that I like the most because one's more of a Ben and one's more of a Noel maybe, I don't know. But uh, this is just a fun episode all the way through. There are so many quotable classic lines from this. Um, And watching it more closely this time, I was really noticing the structure. So a lot of the things you just mentioned, I totally agree with. But I think um, one of the things that's interesting to me about this is that it actually really builds up uh kind of slowly at first It, it everything feels like short vignettes and it feels like it's all happening quickly but there is definitely a build they are piling on for the whole episode and then by the end of the episode it gets very quiet and very subdued but it has that sort of like ramp up and then ramp back down feeling and it kind of parallels to me with reading a dickens novel which is Uh, Interesting to me that Felicity and Noel were studying for his Great Expectations final, um, because to me, when I read Dickens, it's like you spend a lot of time getting to know the characters in the start of the book and getting the whole setup. And then once you know it, you just start really plowing into some forward moving action in the plot. And that's what happened for me here. So we had a lot of that setup with, like you said, these one and two character or two or three character scenes. And then right about the time Noel takes the smart powder, you start getting the swing tips music, the Santa Swing song, and it gets faster and faster as it goes. And you start getting the subtitles. And a lot of the things that are really iconic to me about this episode happen around that time. And as I was checking the time as it was going through, like sort of two-thirds of the way into the episode was when a lot of the stuff I really remembered started happening. But it just, for me, built as we got in there. Uh, So I did want to give that overall note. I know that's not the question you asked, but it's the question I wanted to answer. Um, And here you are like, answer my question, Melissa. And I'm sitting here saying no. Um, (laughs) So you can ask it again. But I wanted to put that out there as like an overall structure thing, because it's not something that I observed as much in previous watches of this particular episode,
1: yeah, I definitely felt that you're right. Around the time that Noel took the the smart powder, which you know I assumed was cocaine, and pretty much had that effect on him, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it it got crazy. But it, you know, it's you're right. It started off very. Uh, slow with Noel and Felicity just being awkward around each other and staring at each other and trying to define what they were to each other after, what is it? Is it three kisses now? Um, So I liked that scene where they were just sitting on Noel's bed staring at each other. I did notice he still has the flag in the (laughs) background and I've been keeping an eye out for that and so they're they're looking at each other and saying what does this mean and the other one says I don't know Uh, and so it's just the perfect timing for a phone call from your mother Mm -hmm. and let's all just take a look at that phone landlines fantastic Um, (laughs) and of course something is gonna happen with timing. And so, I think timing ends up being uh, something throughout this that things just don't, don't work out quite right. But what do they pick? They pick the most ridiculous thing to happen, that Noel's uncle has hit a chicken truck because he likes to have sex with dead people. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's one interpretation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, we just get little pieces of that
0: conversation.
1: Yeah. Uh, For for anyone out there who's ever uh, mixed up necrophilia and narcolepsy, we feel you. We've all done it. It's okay.
0: we also don't know that he hit a chicken truck. We, what we first heard was uncle Kenny, uncle Kenny was, was chicken truck. Uncle Kenny was chicken truck. That doesn't make any sense, mom. Uh, I assume he got hit by a chicken truck. Um, Oh,
1: I assumed he hit a chicken truck since he was the one who was narcoleptic and therefore probably fell asleep and hit the chicken truck. But then again, I mean, either way, he's in a coma now.
0: Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good time for Uncle Kenny.
1: No. Uncle Kenny
0: has some issues to work out.
1: I mean, a few, especially if uh, the necrophilia was true.
0: And the poor chickens by the way. I mean, can you imagine that happening? Like what, what a spectacle that would be on the road.
1: I can, uh, there, there was a truck, like a full big truck that turned over that had a bunch of chickens and this was in the U S around here. And, uh, yeah, they were just everywhere. Lots of, um, feathers, lots of birds running all over the place. So a lot of clucking. A lot, lots of stuff uh, in this show is based in reality. Okay,
0: <laughs> that's not one of the things I thought was based in reality, but that's mm. great. Yeah, I like it. Um, yep. Yeah, and something I like about that scene because I think they set a lot of they tried a lot of new editing and and different techniques and tools in this particular episode that for me worked really well but they they set the stage for it right away because in that scene where Noel and Felicity are on his bed and they're talking and you know they're so awkward and feels like a very quiet moment in the room it is being abruptly cut back and forth between those scenes and Felicity talking to Sally about how awkward it is and how they're trying to figure out what it is Um, so I think that like that switching back and forth feeling is very much a, a vibe that you have in this episode th- really throughout. Um, and, and so I, I, I like that they're kind of jarring you back and forth between, you know, action happening and people talking about the action that happened.
1: Yeah. I, I do like the cutting back and forth and also just the very short scenes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I mean, You've got them cutting back and forth between what well, you just said, Felicity talking to Sally and Noel and Felicity talking to each other. And then Noel's got to go. So mm-hmm. they have to uh, say goodbye awkwardly in the the elevator. Um, and then they jump right to Felicity and Julie talking about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just, you know, from there they jump right to Noel coming back into the room and Julie needing to make an exit and all throughout, you know, the library scenes where it's, it's like Sean and Ben and then, you know, uh, Elena and Felicity and then, you know, Noel and Felicity and Elena and then Noel and Felicity and the Ben and Julie. And that, I mean, it's just, I just love the way that they, kept cutting between these really short scenes. Yeah. Um, but we And got this is a really
0: different style for them too. Cause normally something I love about Felicity is how long and drawn out the scenes are a lot of dialogue, really like heavy conversation. Um, and in this one, it was like you said, really short scenes, but almost every character got to be in a scene with every other character, um, mm-hmm. which is so fun. Right. Cause I'm, I'm sure if we were to like really, Plotted out, some of them probably haven't had that much screen time together. And in this one, pretty much everybody got a chance to connect with each other somewhere along the way.
1: Yep. Yeah. So I guess maybe we can dig in a little bit to start off with thinking about Noel and Felicity. Uh They've had a couple of kisses and now they want to define their relationship. Yeah. And so we've had the issue with the chicken truck
2: mm-hmm. and
1: the timing is off, but Felicity and Julie, I mean, Julie is, she's not helping matters. She's Felicity is <laughs> already in her head. She's overanalyzing and Julie is saying, isn't it freaking you out? I mean, do you really want to be the rebound girl? Um, and just as she's putting all of this stuff into Felicity's head, <laughs> Noel has run up the stairs and burst into the room. <laughs> Why are you out of, of breath? I not just ran up the stairs. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's
1: all just of his excited. bags, his coat on, like, and then just stands there for a moment while Julie makes a hasty exit. But, it, you know, it feels like he wants to define the relationship because for the exact reason he says at the end, which is, He kind of feels like it's not real. Mm -hmm. And you can, at least I felt that when he first came into the room where it was like, he just, he had to touch her. He had to kiss her. Um, he sort of has this thing that he does with his hand where he like almost touches her hair and he does it a couple of times, sort of like reaching out, like she's going to disappear. Um, and so, I mean, on the one hand, it's, endearing on the other hand it's a little desperate
0: (laughs) so that's definitely something that I feel from Noel uh he's a little desperate and he is and especially when you look at an episode like this the fun the, the humor is how incredibly uncomposed he is for almost the entire episode you know like Somehow he just goes from being one version of uncomposed to another, like, and, and they keep finding ways to vary it up a little bit, but it's like, wow, he's still a hot mess in every scene. Uh, And I just, I actually really love it because uh, you know, that's Scott Foley finding subtlety and humor in, in the differences of how their relationship is going. You know, like when, when they're sitting in that room together in the beginning saying, what are we? I don't know. There, there, there's one vibe there. And then when he's, you know, going down the elevator to, to go take care of uncle Kenny And he has that classic line, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it's like, ooh, because he's thinking it could happen, even though Mm -hmm. there's really no evidence that that's something that could happen in the span of time he's about to be away. But it's in his mind. You know and then he comes back and he runs up the stairs he doesn't even make a pit stop in his own room he just has to like make sure the relationship in whatever form it's in is still there in Felicity's room <laughs> you know like <laughs> it, it's just he is he, like there is a need that he has for her that feels a little unhealthy to me for him and i <laughs> it makes me nervous <laughs> for him <laughs> but Right now, he's getting what he wants, and that's that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. He. Um, well, I also just going to another area where he's sort of uh, what was the word you just used? Um, I was going to say decomposed. That's not right.
0: No, that would be unfortunate. He <laughs> un- uncomposed is what I said, which could be a word I made up. Who knows? But you all know what I mean.
1: He's he's discombobulated. Yeah. So. He's helter uh, skelter <laughs> <laughs> i don't know listeners what's Noel right now <laughs> yeah he's all these things and more um so he's he and felicity make a pact mm-hmm. and they are just gonna stay away from each other for finals because when they're around each other apparently they can't not make out uh, as we will see later but Okay, so Noel still has some some things that I find are issues where, like, when he comes back in, he gets very melodramatic about, (laughs) about his sort of future and education, and he's talking to Felicity after just, you know, dropping his bags, and, you know, he says, like, my educational future is in the balance. And Felicity tries to say something, and he goes, "No, it's worse for me." Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking, okay, you're a little much. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, because he's an RA and he's dealing with the other students
1: plus his work. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) And I mean, we see that. You know, he does have to deal with the indoor barbecue. Uh Uh, Another fabulous. I think, quotable moment, people die every day from indoor barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: so much to say about Richard. I'm very happy oh. he's here now.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I really didn't remember much about Richard. I kind yeah. of remembered him later uh, in, in like season four.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: didn't remember this introduction to him at all. Um, oh, so but I'm loving that he's going to continue to be around. So Yeah, and really in this happy.
0: capacity for some time, this like, I know you're having an illicit affair with us, you're fraternizing with a student and you shouldn't be and I'm going to hold it over you so I can get all the things I want. So, there's going to be a series of episodes coming up here where he just continues to find new ways to do things that he sh- really shouldn't be doing in a dorm room. Um, <laughs> and he's just going to, you know, endear himself maybe to Noel or just be, be annoying. Um.
1: <laughs> I mean, can we just all at this point admit that Noel is a crap RA? I mean, he's a <laughs> terrible RA. Hmm. Never should have been given this job.
0: Yeah, um,
1: he needs to read his handbook a few more times. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I just I have to come to terms with that because he just he breaks all the rules and he doesn't I don't know he doesn't help anyone out other than Felicity and. He's completely unethical by giving away the Fridge of Independence.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know, anyway. So, and, and let's be
0: real, that indoor barbecue, there was a lot of smoke coming
1: in. <laughs> a lot of smoke. And at the end of the episode, we see Noel bringing Richard charcoal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As so, in like,
0: okay, well, you know what? You The jig is up. You know <laughs> up. that I'm having... This, uh, embarking on this relationship and I want you to stay quiet about it. Um, yeah, yeah, he's not the best Uh, RA, is he?
1: No, he's really not. And I also, how did they not realize this was going to be an issue? I mean, he's an RA. She's one of the students. I, you know, when he's leaving, uh, to go take care of his, know chicken truck hitting uncle in a coma um he says i don't want to hold hands before we figure out what this is but you can't hold hands in general like you can't be together in public and if richard can blackmail you anyone can have an issue with this so how was this not discussed earlier
0: yeah i mean i think it's just one of those things that uh the show acknowledges as it can and unfortunately it would really hamstring the plot to <laughs> go into it too far but i think richard serves the purpose of being the i don't know the 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 guy representing all the residents <laughs> you know it's like he's the every man <laughs> He, he is the embodiment of all of the residents possibly being able to bring this up. Uh, and he's going to push Noel to the edge <laughs> 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 on a number of occasions. So yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess they're just kind of hoping against hope that the kids in the dorm are going to be a little bit more chill about the whole thing. But ugh, I mean, this pact to avoid each other for three days really seems like it's not going to happen from the very beginning right like agreed the setup for failure here
1: absolutely um so we we then get these lovely scenes of them in the library together which go from the two of them being in one of these you know self where you're just supposed to be alone and studying um and Felicity's trying to help Noel while Noel is smelling Felicity. Mm-hmm. And oh, and it's worth saying
0: that they have to have this. So, so they want to stay apart for three days, but they immediately have to break that because Noel realizes that he's taken the wrong person's bag at the airport. The bag has got switched. Somebody else has all those books, and he has somebody else's stuff. So he needs help with specifically yeah. one final that Felicity can help with.
1: This is true, but also in looking at that bag, what we saw come out of it were boas Uh and Elmo. Yep. Now I don't know about you, but to me, that does not scream transvestite. So I don't know what else was in this bag that he was (laughs) looking at, but boas and Elmo, that's what he's got.
0: Yeah. Well, regardless a boa is not going to help him get ready for his finals uh i think it's fair to say that his bag with his books would have been more useful uh but this is this is the bag he has you know you have to work with the bag you've got not the bag you want
1: (laughs) apparently and this forces the two of them together where i mean they have the wonderful scene of you know they just start making out really kind of in front of everyone. Uh, uh, and then actually in front of everyone, once they fall off their chairs Uh into the middle of the room, uh, uh, I noticed that sort of Noel is smelling her and staring at her and he is not listening whatsoever. Uh, she does actually, I will give her this. She has a nice sweater on. It's purple. It like compliments her eyes. It's great. Good job, Felicity for once. Uh Um, and what I notice about Felicity is Noel's like being smart and his brain is really turning her on. Oh. So when she she's trying to explain the book to him, and she says, You know, are you listening to me at all? And he goes, Yes. And then he regurgitates some, you know, profound thing out of this book. And you just see her whole body like light up. And she's like, all right, let's go to the stacks. We'll just kiss for an hour. And and at the end of the day, the thing he
0: remembers about the book is basically a summary of their own relationship, which is probably what she's seeing here. I mean, Mm -hmm. he says something about how, you know, the theme of great expectations is how sacrifice, you know, even if it's taken for granted, is still good and meaningful in the end. And so it's like, let me describe myself in this relationship with you, Felicity. (laughs) And this is the romantic gesture that you're meant to take away. Yes.
1: And then they get busted. Uh
0: Uh-huh. So true. I liked how you commented earlier on how, like, you were seeing sort of timing as a thread that ran through this episode. And I had a different word, but very similar, which was time. And I think those two both, uh, they're linked. And, you know, in this particular scene when they're in the cubicle and they start making out and then they just like abandon all intent to study completely. And then they just make out all the way as their chair falls onto the floor. Um, And now everybody's looking at them and to break break the awkwardness, Noel looks up and goes, does anybody have the time? Uh And some woman's like, oh, it's almost nine. <laughs> <laughs> and but you know, time is such a thing throughout this episode. We have Elena's stopwatch, we have the countdown clock on the screen. This isn't a device that's really used very much in, in a show. Um, and they're really trying to do this countdown and get you to feel the urgency, the buildup. Um, and so th- there was a lot of timing and time, you know, people missing each other just by a moment. Um, It's really happening throughout this episode. So I think time and timing are some really good themes that run from beginning to end.
1: Yeah. And they have to deal with the fact that there are no cell phones Mm -hmm. as they are trying to meet up with each other. Just this is a show. This is a particular episode that I think is very much of the nineties in terms of technology. I mean, first of all, You've got pay phones where people are, Noel is trying to figure out where Felicity is. And there's a whole library, maybe there's multiple libraries, there's rooms, there's all kinds of places she could be. So she leaves a message on his answering machine, which he then has to call with a pay phone to try to figure out where she is and she's already moved. Mm -hmm. And this was so normal. You could never find anyone, which was wonderful. Um, but you also, always find the people you didn't
0: want to find. You ever notice that's that? That's true. Always,
1: <sighs> always ran into them. Um, yeah. But I love just you know, holing up in the stacks and nobody could find me because, haha, you know, there's how many levels and how many little booths and stuff. I mean, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were there were also card catalogs. I mm-hmm. mean nobody knows what that is anymore. There was Lojack. Do we still have that? And at one point, Richard says something to Noel about the Clinton defense. Mm. And so it's just an episode with so many references back to that point in time that I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, If tech technology being where it was is absolutely what made this episode happen. You know, I mean, like had it been easy for any of these people to connect on purpose, we wouldn't have had this episode. (laughs) So I think it's one of those little time capsule things that makes a lot of sense for where we were and uh, hopefully still makes sense to people if they're watching it back and they've had different technology for their whole lives but this is what it was like to try to connect with people on the fly. Um, in fact, I would say, you know, Felicity and Noel were using the tools they had the very best they could. They were gaming the system pretty effectively for what it was. It was just, they needed to sit in one place for a hot minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was really a necessary thing for them. Um, well,
1: And not make out during that minute.
0: Yeah, that would have helped too. Um, but I think, you know, One of the things that I do love about this episode is that there's all of our main characters are getting plenty of time to interact with each other, but then we're also introducing... Like these new people, or these very minor characters that will some of them will never see again, and they continue to show up as new characters move into that space. So, as much as we have these vignettes, these little, these two people talking, these three people. We also have these like the guy who's hiccuping or like Richard is constantly moving through the episode and these people keep showing like Sean, he's selling fruit, but then we see him walk through the scene as Noel's on the phone to sell fruit. So like there was the separation between these scenes, but there was also a thread that bound them all together. And so Richard has a lot of work to do in this episode because we meet him for the first time. We're certainly going to get to know him better. He's always going to be this frustrating. Um, <laughs> and He's great. We love him. I do anyway. Um, but, you know, him sort of continuing to dig at Noel about whether or not he's fit to be an RA. That's going to be something where now Noel has to get up and chase him and make sure like that, you know, Richard's not going to report him. So he's going to. Richard is going to be bringing Noel out of the room consistently. <laughs> and he's, he's a very important device in this episode, but he also brings us gems of lines. Like I'm going to report your ass. Um, oh my goodness. Um, it's one of the best things that's ever been said on this show. I think. Uh, Cause he catches Noel and Felicity kissing in the stacks. And now he's, really not sure that Noel is fit to be an RA. And so really for the rest of the episode, you know, Noel's going to be looking for Felicity because he went out to chase, to chase Richard. Um, And so this is a really important thing uh, that drives movement.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he does pop up uh, at some very unfortunate times. I mean, Noel is, is really running around and he's got his own stuff to do. And then, he runs into Megan and she sells him something. And to <laughs> me, it looked a little bit like, you know, vitamin powder in, in the way it sort of crackled. I don't know if that was even a thing back then, but like emergency. Um, and he drinks it and then he freaks out. Yep. Um, Well, and on
0: paper, she says it's, it's all organic. It's roots and stuff. It's fine. It's, you know, it's smart powder. It gives you a photographic memory. It's all good. It's healthy. Um, It's unfortunate though, that Noel has a reaction to beets, which is one of the ingredients of smart powder.
1: Oh yes. And so I just love Noel running around and the music that is playing in the background while he's running around trying to find felicity and then he finds her with ben and ben has really used this kind of emotional manipulation around his paper Mm -hmm. to get felicity to focus on him
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and you know i love that the two of them are just reading poetry back and forth to each other while Noel is pacing back and forth in front of <laughs> this, this glass window. And they've got the subtitles on. So you can actually hear him or read him saying, "Arg!" <laughs> pacing uh, off again.
0: It's so great. So I will say, just to back it up a moment, um, again, the subtitles in this episode are something that I remembered being throughout the episode. But in reality, they start about a third of the way in. And it's a device they use because they've got these characters in libraries in varying states of silent. Uh, So they have to speak in whispers. And so the first time we see the subtitles happen in this episode is with Ben and Julie. And he's complaining about a poem he's trying to read, like I think it was Ode or Grecian Urn or something like that. And he's Uh, yeah, he's just commiserating with Julie over how hard it is to study for their finals, her, her microeconomics one, and for him, it's poetry. And so that sets up the subtitles. And most of the time we're seeing subtitles used because people are in a room where they can't speak very loudly or at all. And by the time Noel shows up, I believe Felicity and Ben are in a silent reading room where you're meant to speak, not at all. Mm-hmm. And there, Felicity and Ben are talking <laughs> in whispers, yep. but talking nonetheless, which is probably infuriating to everybody in the room. So we consistently get the shh subtitle from everybody else. And then, then we see Noel jump in. And now he's not at a whisper level because he's had this smart powder.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is something that I will admit bugs me because you know I would go and I would study by myself where it was quiet or if I was in a quiet room you know there's just always those like two or three people or a whole group of people or a whole table of people that are whispering and of course the whispering always turns to giggling and you're just sitting there banging your head against something because it clearly says do not talk you have an entire library in -hmm. which to talk not only do you have that but you also have every other room in the entire freaking world (laughs) where you can talk this is the
0: one place like everywhere in the universe is on limits except for the room
1: you're in (laughs) except for this one room oh so for everyone who's ever done that shut up just shut up (laughs) go somewhere else this is our edge from fish don't like it the other person that i feel so bad for is elena Everyone keeps bothering her. She's got her system and her cards and her M&Ms and her stopwatch. And everyone is just coming up to her behind her. She says, go away. I've got my stuff. I'm doing my thing. And they just don't start talking to her. Or eat her Um, M&Ms. Or eat her her study aids. I mean, what is up (laughs) with these people? These people are so rude. Yeah,
0: it's not good. And she's not buying any of it, by the way, Uh, you know, she's like, oh, do you have time to help both these guys, Felicity? And Noel doesn't mind that you're helping Ben. I don't buy any of this. Mm -hmm. Liz is like, yep, neither do I. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like, get out of my face and stop eating my M&Ms. Yep. Yeah.
1: And she smacks her hand as she should
0: absolutely fair. Whatever the system is, it involves, you know, a bowl full of M&Ms. She's putting them in lines as I guess she gets right answers. She's got a stopwatch. She's got, she's clearly got something that is not to be interrupted. And yet every single person interrupts her. And I, my, I really enjoy when Noel, right after taking the smart powder, interrupts her looking for Felicity and he's, he's really hyper. And he's like, why are you talking so slowly? <laughs> <laughs> and she checks for his heart rate. And she just goes, that can't be your heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He's got a problem.
1: Uh, you think he would check, you know, some organic powder with roots in it. He would have thought, Maybe this is not something to be put in my body.
0: Yeah, he's got one job that is not to eat beets. Um, mm-hmm. is, yeah. Well, he has two jobs. There's being a good RA, which we know well, he's already. Well, no, we
1: that. already know that's not a thing.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a problem already. And then we've got you know him not eating beets. And apparently, when you give him a job, he's not going to do it. That's it. Yeah, apparently,
1: yep. Ugh. So he eats the beets, and then he finds <laughs> finds Ben and Felicity together in the silent room, and just eventually, after pacing back and forth at least three times, bursts into the room and starts yelling that the two of them shouldn't be together, and Felicity is supposed to be helping him, not Ben, and she's supposed to be liking him, not Ben. And he starts with "This is unacceptable,"
0: and this sub. This is my absolute favorite part of this episode. First of all, <laughs> Santa swings uh, is playing in the background, and it's been getting progressively faster throughout the episode, and it's at a fever pitch now. And the subtitles are now in all caps. This is unacceptable. Um, and he ju- he's just explosive.
1: He is, in the best possible way for us, not for him. Because, you know, both Ben and Felicity are sort of looking at him. He's a little insane, which he is. And, uh, and then, you know, poor, poor Noel, uh, Richard's there. He's there again. He turns around <laughs> from the silent room and lets him know, you were definitely not a good RA. Yeah. <laughs> That was that seemed to be the breaking point, yeah you know for uh for Richard there, which I fully understand um, so yeah, not not a good r a
0: it's just so wonderful, I mean, and you know afterwards we find out that Felicity thinks Noel was such a freak, um yes. which, he which was he was, yeah, um so. The other thing worth tracking here is Ben and Felicity, right? So this is a separate thread that's going, but obviously it's all weaving together and partway into the episode after Felicity has agreed to help Noel with his great expectations final. um, Ben comes up to her, like, like you said, he does that emotional manipulation of the situation or he's like, look, you know, you messed up my grade with that, you know, that, uh, Paper that we failed because you rewrote it, and he doesn't call it out by name, but we know exactly what he's referring to. And he says, "I need your help," and there's really no way to say no to that. (laughs) So she says yes to help him with the poetry. He's going; he has to study the Keats and all these other poems that he doesn't understand. And so he gets her to meet her him in the next, you know, twenty minutes in this other room. Uh, where they're going to start unpacking the poems. And now that's forcing Noel to try to chase after her and find where she is for the, pretty much the rest of the episode. And um, you know, this one's kind of interesting because we know from Thanksgiving or the last episode that Ben saw the makeout between Felicity and Noel in the bathroom. He knows that Hannah was at Thanksgiving. I presume he knows that Hannah's not in the picture. Anymore. And uh he but he hasn't let on that he knows Felicity and Noel might be a thing. And so he's hinting around it a lot in this episode. And you know, that first scene where Felicity and Ben are studying together, he's you know, there's a lot happening in that scene because partly they're studying, partly he's distracted and he wants to talk about pizza and not poetry, well, partly there's a guy a in the room answer. hiccuping. Yep. And then also he's trying to get across that he he's wondering what's up with Felicity and Noel. So he's doing a lot of work here in that scene.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I mean, he does say earlier when he's trying to get her to help him that he's not a moron, but then the two of them are sitting together and he really does not understand poetry and uh and what's going on there i don't understand why he was taking a poetry class
2: uh-huh. i
1: mean it it doesn't seem like he wants to be an english lit professor so maybe this was all that was left we know he was left with some unfortunate choices i don't know if we're ever going to get to see the acting class again but yeah um he's talking about christmas he's asking about Noel because You know, they were going in that romantic direction. And then the paper happened. But then, again, apparently by the end of the next episode, he was fine with her again. And they started talking. And then we had two episodes where that was not the focus. And so now we're coming back around to him and trying to figure out where his feelings are. He's had a little bit of time. He's asking for her help. You know he's seen uh noel and her kiss i i don't know how much competition is coming into this you know does because not only is he getting closer to felicity and kind of trying to figure out what's going on he takes care of noel you know he takes him to get something to eat and try to calm him down from the beats and you know, he, he is poking around trying to figure out exactly what's going on between them. And I I don't really have a pulse on why. Because I do think he does look at Felicity a couple of times in that way. But at the same time, he's also talking to Julie. And, you know, just try I mean, he has this bro bonding moment with noel where noel says that you know uh ben is an unrequited nightmare (laughs) and ben's like no she she likes you like don't worry about it um so i you know he's poking around i think he has a little interest but i don't know that he is ready to jump into anything with her So. But, but he let, I don't know, maybe he's trying to keep his options open a bit.
0: Yeah, I guess he's just waiting to see how things play out with Felicity and Noel. I, I agree, I think I see a little bit of something there from him. I think he's more intrigued now that there's another prospect in the mix. Um, but you know, but he was connecting with her before. And you know, the fact that Felicity is distracted by other things in her world now, has made her more real with Ben. Um, you know, she's, she is being with him the way she would be with other people. You know, the things that we love about her, she's now starting to show that side of herself to Ben. She is dropping her level of desperation that she had for Ben, you know, in the beginning of this season and coming at him in a way that feels a lot more natural. And, uh, you know, I, I think it really parallels what we've seen with how Noel treats Felicity, um, that level of desperation. And right now that level of desperation seems to be turning her head. Um, so,
1: <laughs> something. Or something. something. I don't know that the, it's the desperation. It definitely, you see the moments when she, you know, starts to get into it. And mm-hmm. it's always, well... So we had the one after he gave his little great expectation speech, but the other times too, like he'll kiss her, she'll seem shocked. And then she'll kind of, she does the same thing every time she like goes up and grabs his head mm-hmm. sort of in a, you know, now I'm going to kiss you kind of way. But I, I also feel like it's kind of restraining him a bit too. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, let's, let's try this again little better for me this time. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it really does just your mileage may vary on what you think of those cases between Nolan, and and Felicity. You already know my thoughts. I've already poisoned how, how fish looks at it. Um, I I apologize for that. So, uh, but yeah, there is definitely, uh, just a level of urgency in those kisses that we're getting right now. Um, And, you know, I think Ben is really the opposite. Ben is kind of the picture of restraint (laughs) here and we're getting a lot of subtlety from him. So it is interesting to see those two contrasted. Um, I do enjoy that moment while they're in the first location where they're studying and there's that guy who just can't stop with the hiccups (laughs) and they just continue to interrupt their scene with looking over at him and giving him advice on how to stop hiccups um and it progressively you know doesn't work and finally felicity makes the bad decision to say well oh you know what i do i hold the penny between my toes and think of three bald men and unfortunately this guy happens to be bald Mm -hmm. so he's like um so then you just want me to I guess I'll just think of me and two other guys. And (laughs) this great moment, just this humor that's happening. And, you know, we'll see that same guy in the room later when Noel goes to find Megan and, uh, or at least sees Megan. Um, So it's nice that these people keep showing up throughout.
1: Yeah, they're making the library real. Mm-hmm. bringing us into their world of library chaos
0: well and then there's also the guy much earlier on who's like weirdly happy while everybody else is stressed out and studying and felicity decides to approach him and ask what his secret is and he's like i'm on a strict regimen and have antidepressants she's like oh and and then he starts trying to like he's like oh well I've been thinking that I should tell you about it. And she's like, who are you? And why are you, are you thinking I need this information? Uh, he's like, you're just a
1: little intense. Uh, she's like, me? Yes. Well, and he also mentions her sweaters, which are clearly a cry for help.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, I understand where he's coming from. I don't know that that's the best picture of um, of what antidepressants do, probably, mm-hmm. again, okay to make fun of in the 90s uh-huh. uh, according to popular culture not so much today but yeah he he did seem like he was going to fail his finals I mean it did not seem like while well, he was seemed happy enough that um, that it was going to help him in any way shape or form to pass
0: Yeah, really hard to say you know it mean, wasn't, I, wasn't I mean, though
1: He was reading a magazine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's what we knew about antidepressants, I guess. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Um, You know, Dr. Carlisle didn't get the best recommendation from this one. Um, But he uh, was that was a doctor that could give you the pills
1: that would make you lighten up. His life was Mm -hmm. saving it right then when he was uh, offering them to Felicity. Just so everyone knows, cautionary, um, federal crime. That's a federal crime. Oof. Don't do that. Do not offer your medication to other people. <laughs> well, he uh, he wasn't worried about much, was he? Nope. No, he was not.
0: Oof. So also, let's talk about Sean and, and Julie, because they've got their own yes. little thing going on here.
1: They do. There, I mean, Sean, first... I love, uh, Sean and Ben, how they've really just settled into being good roommates, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, Sean comes in with this cooler on top of a bunch of boxes and says, want to help me out here? And, Ben says, Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sean, he's an entrepreneur who apparently went to Harvard, um,
0: Her, uh, summer program.
1: Oh. Oh, okay. I missed, I missed that. <laughs> he's part like, I went to
0: Harvard, not like the university. I went like for, for the summer program.
1: <laughs> ah. he's
0: like, he had to walk right. it back a little bit. She's like, oh, Harvard. He's like, well, not the business school.
1: <laughs> I missed that. All right. I'm feeling better about Harvard at this point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, some, for some reason, I don't know if he's, never had a final in his life or what kind of weird um weird things he does when studying but he has decided that oranges and bananas and apples are the things that kids who are studying want Uh now if you were studying at this moment melissa Uh what are the things you would want
0: I mean, I, I think you would get something that comes in a bag of uh, like chips or <laughs> like yeah. some sort of comfort food uh, yeah. or snacky food. I would yes. say
1: so we, I we've got of- chips. We've got we got the M and M's. So we got candy, caffeine. Uh-huh. You know these these are things that people actually eat while studying. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A banana, not. Not so much. But Seems like Sean needs
0: a little more market research on this one.
1: He did. I mean, maybe this this was his market research. Um, I mean, I don't think he probably bankrupted himself with the amount of fruit that he bought. But here's the other thing: is it just me? I mean, who? What kind of library allows you to eat fruit in it? Mm-hmm. Like but who allows a guy to walk around with a bunch of food that you're then going to eat in the library?
0: You know, this, this brings to mind an episode that's going to come up in season four that involves somebody with an entire plate of spaghetti. <laughs> 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 I can't even say it without laughing. A very important entire plate of spaghetti in, <laughs> in the in the library. Yeah. Um, no
1: this i don't feel like
0: is a thing
1: <laughs> no i i really don't think this was allowed um yeah. but apparently for for him it is um maybe they make an exception for entrepreneurs that went to harvard summer school um, well also
0: if you saw if you were a librarian if you were an administrator and you saw somebody who doesn't go to that school, who's older than all the people who go to that school, who comes in specifically to sell product.
1: <laughs> also, how did he get in? Don't you remember having to swipe into the library? I do. I mean, did he just like run in after Ben swiped his with his whole cooler?
0: Yeah. 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 Maybe this is like the, uh, the outtake scene, like from Dirty Dancing, I carried a watermelon. Um, geek I carried a cooler. <laughs> I don't know. Uh it's deep cut. Yeah. But
1: that's yeah. okay. I mean, look, the this episode was confusing and that's okay. Uh it was it was very chaotic and all the things were happening. But we've learned from Sean that he understands economics, uh-huh. um which I appreciate because I too. Uh do economics so uh, he comes up with these different ideas he knows supply and demand analysis um which in case you're not familiar uh if you have a lot of something that's called supply if uh you don't have much demand if people don't want it you're not going to sell it Mm -hmm. so this is currently a wonderful example of he has a lot of fruit And nobody wants it, Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: we, he seems to have forgotten marketing Mm -hmm. and we thankfully have someone on this podcast, Melissa, who knows all about marketing. Mm. And so please give us your take on, on what ends up happening with the fruit.
0: Well, you know, he ends up partnering up with Julie and she has to. She needs information about microeconomics for a final that she has coming up. She doesn't understand the the topic, and Sean has the knowledge, uh, and Julie uh, has something to offer him as well. She can I be. I think
1: it's uh, boobs. Yeah,
0: she is going to be the sexy symbol of this uh, fruit sales enterprise. Uh, and, and she can even up the level of it. You know, he was trying to sell an apple for a dollar. She can do it for two, uh, just by simply batting her eyelashes, holding out her hand with an apple and getting a dollar or $2 put into it. Um, so, you know, he's figured out that maybe the package wasn't right. Maybe Mm -hmm. there needed to be a different spokesperson behind this particular business. I think there are a variety of mistakes he made in his marketing campaign and his idea of how he was going to sell this. But it seems like we yada yada through that. And we fixed it by just making Julie like the the epitome of the perfect salesperson uh, without trying to be. And, you know, I also think when you think about like the desperation element of the relationship stuff we're seeing, I think the same thing can be said of sales. Like When you have a business and you're trying to sell something, the harder you're trying, the more desperate it seems and the less the person wants to buy it from you. But it's like when you really don't need the sale, you get it. And I feel like that's how it played out here because Sean was like, I just need to get need to move this fruit. And Julie is like, I feel horrible. Nobody would buy this banana for a dollar. And then sure enough, it happens. You know, so I think desperation plays in to the sales process a bit and may explain why Julie was more successful in addition to the fact that she's a cute female.
1: Yep. Um, So that's that's Sean and Julie. They uh, clearly should go into business together. And I hope that happens later.
0: do a few little tiny things together little projects like this um as time goes on so it won't be the last time we see a collaboration together I would say um but you know I do I do like that you know that Sean and Ben vibe of of them being roommates and they figured out their cadence with each other and in, in that beginning you know Sean's unloading the elevator with all this fruit in it and He's like, "What is the one thing desperate college students need to survive?" And Ben just looks at him, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to say fruit (laughs) because that's what Sean is unloading from the elevator, and makes sense. (laughs) That's got to be the answer here for the week." Um, So yeah, I I do like the fact that this this particular thing that he's selling is portable and it becomes a tool for Sean to be walking through a variety of scenes selling fruit throughout the episode. It, it is just one of the things that really hooks it all together for me.
1: Oh my. Oh, Sean. Yeah. Well, as we start to get towards the end of the episode, a few things happen. Mm-hmm. So Felicity Finally, after uh, Noel's outburst, says, I'm done. I'm done with both of you. I got my own stuff to do. And she goes and she finds Elena. And we get this lovely scene with Christmas music behind it of uh, Elena and Felicity side by side using the M&M method, mm-hmm. whatever that is. So she herself, she has learned to say no. And she has learned to put herself first and ask for help. I mean, look at that. It's all just tied up in one little bow with Christmas music and m Yes. And,
0: and during like that, that time, we're going to get a very large sign put up by one of her yes. fellow doormates that says absolute silence required. And he looks dead at Felicity, stares into her eyes and just dares her to talk.
1: Yeah. Notice how he doesn't look at Elena. Mm-hmm. No, no. Elena's not the one who's been making out with all the boys and giggling all over the library and you know no. She's yeah, not a good library library goer. No. She has no respect.
0: And this no guy respect. is
1: making sure she knows the rules. <laughs> well, she knew the rules before. She just she did. didn't care. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She was too overcome with her own lust over noel's intelligence and uh and giggling with ben so yeah pretty much boys boys are the problem
0: and i do think at this point in the episode because you know we sort of had the build-up we have the fever pitch where Noel that matches when noel is high on the smart powder or feeling the impacts or the the reaction to the beats um and after that the episode kind of drops in level. It gets more subdued Um, and we'll we'll see Felicity taking one of her finals. Noel knocks on the door and Felicity gives her paper to her professor so she can go to the bathroom and have a conversation with Noel, which doesn't really seem like a thing you should do, but that's what they did. Um, And Noel gives the bad news. Uncle Kenny died Seemed like it was going okay. Got hit by the chicken truck or he hit the chicken truck or he was the chicken truck. We don't know. <laughs> but either way, you know, he had recovered from his coma. He seemed like he was going to be fine. And he took a turn for the worse. And this man and
1: is- then another nervous. turn for the worse. Mm-hmm. Two turns for the worse. I didn't know that he had woken up from the coma. Uh,
0: well, at one point when when Noel first came back and he ran up the stairs and showed up in Felicity's room- He said, you know, Uncle Kenny was going to be fine. They expect him to make a full recovery, but it was not to be so. Uh, The doctors spoke too soon. And RIP Uncle Kenny.
1: Oh, poor. I mean, they killed Kenny. They did. They did.
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah. And right around now, you know, Noel doesn't seem particularly close with Uncle Kenny, but he has some responsibilities and he's going to have to go back right away and start taking care of things at home and he just sort of is calmer in this scene he's more subdued probably because there's been a death in the family and also because he's no longer on the smart powder and maybe he just has worked some of this uh anxious energy out of his system he can't sustain that level forever and you know he just sort of says to her you know what, we don't really know where we are, but we lo- I love where we are and we'll figure it out when we get back to school. Um, and it's easily the most patient version of Noel I've seen the whole series so far.
1: I mean, I was a little on edge during it because when he said, I love, I was, I was just mm. worried <laughs> <laughs> that the next word coming out of his mouth was gonna be you, um so that didn't happen that's okay, great they've just kissed a couple of times don 't blow it, Noel, so he does have this insecurity and and I think that's why he wanted to define everything. Mm-hmm. you know he says that he wanted to define it because you know when he comes back, it might be gone
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Again, I don't remember what happens, but, you know, I, it could be, it could be gone, but we, we do see that Ben's not going to be in Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, that's going to be helpful. Um, you know, they say this long drawn out, goodbye, I'll see you in a month, but you know, phones exist. And that was what was in my head. I was Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, you can call each other. And what we see right after that scene is a cut to Felicity calling someone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's nice. She's calling Noel. Nope. She's calling Ben to see if he wants to go to the airport with her. And Ben says, I'm not going back. Just going to hang out here for the month. And I didn't remember, but I just knew because they weren't panning far enough over for you to see what was next to him.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I was like, it's gotta be Julie. She's gotta be there. Mm -hmm. So we've got this, you know, reignited relationship ish. I don't know if it's going to turn into a full-blown relationship because it was just a one night stand before, but Julie's in bed with Ben and Honestly, at this point, I think Ben and Julie probably make a good pair for each other. And Noel and Felicity are going to be hilarious for us to watch Mm -hmm. because the two of them are, they're just so similar. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And uh, so I, I kind of hope that When they come back from this break, you know, they they still manage to be together and awkward and all that kind of stuff. But both Felicity and Ben and frankly Julian Noel are gonna have to deal with this I don't know, square. I can't really call it a love square, but I mean like it's a couple of triangles, I guess. Um but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like Julie and Ben she's been through a lot and he's made her feel safe and they relate to each other. And so I I just kind of like them. Um, but I do think it would be kind of boring. So
0: well, and I'm it's also worth saying, there. like, because you know, you mentioned that the the camera pans when Ben hangs up the phone, the camera pans and shows that he is in bed with julie but when we say he's in bed with julie they're clothed they she is kind of huddled on her side and then he kind of like spoons her and is protecting her it looks like he's taking a protector role with julie um and so i don't know what that is we don't know what that is they haven't talked about what that is this is the first time they're introducing back to us that maybe these two have been spending time together or are going to and it makes you think back to in the early in this episode when Julie was saying, well, you know, what is it? And Felicity says, well, why can't it just be whatever it is? And Julie says, cause it's never whatever it is. And she starts asking this litany of questions about, well, how, how can you define, like, can you see other people? Or like, she's giving her all these, planting all these seeds in Felicity's head about Felicity and Noel's relationship. But now that we've seen this scene at the end of the episode, it's like, well, maybe she's having to ask all those same questions about Julie's own relationship with Ben because we didn't have the information up front, but she's probably in a similar place right now trying to figure out what's what's going on there.
1: Yeah, I guess it, it says something about me. It never even occurred to me that they weren't sleeping together. So, but maybe that is the case given, you know, what she's been through, but I guess when I see, you know, two people in bed college age, you know, waking up together or, you know, sleeping through the night together and we haven't seen kind of the build up to it, just kind of assume they're hanging out there together. I mean maybe not, uh, as like boyfriend, girlfriend, but you know, at least they're, they're kind of hanging out, but maybe, well, we'll I guess I'm bringing
0: my future knowledge in. And I know that they, that she doesn't know what this is right now. Um, I think Julie is still very much dealing with the aftermath of Zach and I don't think she is in a place right now where she's prepared to think about having a sexual relationship with somebody, um uh, so, you know, spoiler alert, like they don't know what they are yet. Um, and the show is just telling us like, Ooh, these two look at these as an, as a pair of something. Um, but we have even less information about what they are a pair of (laughs) than we have about where Felicity and Noel are.
1: So I like that better. I mean, it did seem awfully fast Mm -hmm. for her to be jumping back into something, So I I do like knowing that better. Also, spoiler alert has to go before (laughs) you actually spoil it. (laughs) Well, technically
0: I said it at the very beginning of this podcast. So folks, if you've gotten all the way here, (laughs) consider yourself warned from minute one. (laughs) Um, Yes, it's very true. I think I think, it, you know, and the reason I wanted to distinguish that here, and I wouldn't necessarily normally distinguish something like that, but we just came off, I mean, we had Thanksgiving, but we just came off Julie experiencing sexual violence, right? So, like, this is really fresh for her, and this show is not going to let it go that quickly. Um, they... in in Thanksgiving, they certainly had her still thinking about it. The the idea of like, how do I tell my parents not feeling comfortable to go back home, you know, crying in her bed, like she's still dealing with this. So there's no one right way to deal with it. And it's not for me to say to somebody who has survived something like this, that you shouldn't jump into another relationship right away. But if you were sitting here thinking, wow, she jumped in really fast to this thing with Ben. Well, she is figuring it out. Um, And, you know, this this storyline for her is going to continue to weave into the future episodes, um, which is one of the reasons I like how they handled it, because it's not just like, oh, we're going to give these two episodes to this story and then it's done. No, they really wanted to make this part of what her character is dealing with in college for some time. So I think, you know, it's perhaps more complex to look at it. Like how does she figure that out in the context of something with Ben? Um, it's, it's murky, it's messy. It's, um, really involves like examining, in a close way, what her comfort zone is. And I think that's actually a more, uh, uh, there's more juice to squeeze out with that in this context.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'm glad that the two of them are together in whatever sense they are. Um, I think they both would be good for each other at this point in their lives, so.
0: Seems like it, right? I mean, I, I mean, it- in terms of like even how um, Ben handled approaching Julie in uh, drawing the line part two, he really was able to empathize with her. And um, you know, where she might've felt defensive with some of the other people who were making decisions on her behalf, he gave her a lot of space and let her be how she was and just gave him gave opened up a piece of himself to help her connect to him. And so I think that's a really good foundation to go with here. So, you know, I think they did what they could in this episode they they were going for I guess shock value sort of with um, you know, the panning down to Julie on the bed, but I think they made as many steps as they could in the direction of like they're both fully clothed. She's like really bundled under the covers. He, he goes in for a hug that looks more like he's trying to keep her safe as much as they could make it that way. Um, so there's a way to make that look really sexy. And I think they tried to steer away from it as much as possible.
1: Yeah, I think because she was sleeping and it was morning and it was such a short, seen um you know we just don't get a lot of information and i jump to conclusions
0: oops well you know here i am ruining it (laughs) but such is life um yeah i think one of the things i do like about this uh this episode is that we when you're in college usually christmas specifically christmas is during a break. Um, the, the same cannot necessarily be said for Hanukkah, uh, but Hanukkah probably falls during finals most of the time. Um, but you know, Christmas is usually during a break. So to have a Christmas episode would be weird because normally in a college setting, that is a time when a lot of people go back to wherever home is. Um, mm-hmm. If you live off campus or you have a place where you can stay, maybe you stay in, you know, if you have an apartment, maybe you do not go home and you stay wherever college is for you. But for a lot of us, that is a time when it's a break from school. So to have a Christmas episode would be like, why would these people all be together on campus, um, especially at this point? So I like that they're weaving in. Holiday themes, to the extent that they felt they could, in this episode, we're also going to get a callback to the holidays in the first episode coming back from this break. Um, but they don't try to do like a major holiday episode here. I think they they wove in finals, and this feels a little bit more to me like how it would have felt in college.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you might put up a few little decorations in December, but Really, it was all about finals. And then once you were done with your finals, uh, you didn't stick around if you were going home. You Mm -hmm. went home. So, uh, yeah, that that would not have made sense, especially if we don't know where a lot of them, you know, live. I mean, we got some of that in the Thanksgiving episode, so we already know a little bit about the families. So we wouldn't want to redo that episode.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And that is also very true to me, to how it felt in college, because like you have a break for Thanksgiving and then you have a break right on the back of that for, you know, your winter break or holiday break, whatever they call it. Um, it feels like a long time to be away or it did to me. And for me, it was always a little shorter because I did a winter sport. So in my, at my school, they would, at our school, they would bring us back the winter athletes um, a couple weeks early, I want to say. Uh, maybe almost like two and a half weeks early, pretty much right after New Year's, you would go back to school and they would open up one dorm. Like there were people who lived off campus. They could still live off campus. But if you lived on campus, you couldn't just go back to wherever your dorm was because they didn't want to heat every single building. So they just opened one dorm and piled all of the athletes into it. So you kind of relocated for a few weeks and you were living in somebody else's room. And then you went back to your dorm on a particular date. So I had a shorter break than a lot of people did. And it still felt like a really long time to be away. It felt like such a disruption to your life, like the friendships you were building and your day-to-day that you were experiencing while in class was just on hiatus for, it just felt like a long time. So um, a lot of that feeling gets captured here in this episode and the last episode for me.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Depending on what you did with your finals, I mean, she's saying it was three days. Ours were like two weeks, Mm -hmm. I think. So you actually could have, you know, almost an extra two weeks of vacation if you had all your finals up front. And there's a number of people who would try to only write papers, especially, you know, after freshman year or something like that. So you didn't have to sit for any exams. So I, you know, I wasn't big on taking tests. I never really enjoyed that experience. So I would try to get as many papers as I could. Uh, or sometimes you could do a special project instead of just sitting for an exam. So, yeah, or, or sometimes, um I remember I had to go back to have surgery one year, and so they let me take my exams early. So there were a lot of things that that you could do to be a little bit more flexible, I guess. It's not like high school. so, and you know, it probably varies college to college, but I can't imagine any college of a decent size where everyone takes their exams in three days. I don't know if there's enough classroom space for that.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that too. I think logistically that would be really complicated. Um, But, you know, I don't know if they were saying like three days to study and then they'd have their finals. Um, Not really sure. I think uh, some schools do have like a reading week. Before they have finals, so like you have a, a week that's really just set aside for studying. Um, so I guess it is a little different from place to place. Uh, in our situation, you kind of just rolled into the finals, but the final, you know, they could, those finals could happen over the span of a couple of weeks. So you were kind of studying for them as they came up, and if you had papers to write, you just had to sort of plan out or you had to do time management. figure out how you were going to get it all
1: done. And I definitely liked it better that way. So yep. I give college an A plus as opposed to high school for all of the many, many finals and midterms and other tests. I mean, on the one hand, you only had a couple of chances, which is why this paper made Probably a huge difference in in Ben and Felicity's grades
2: mm-hmm.
1: for that one class, but on the other hand, you're not always taking tests, so they kind of leave it up to you to figure it out because you're starting to be an adult. So figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess and I, you know, I guess to, to the degree that you can make choices like that, it's also part of how you get to know yourself. I mean, for me, I found like. I don't know if I love tests or papers, to be honest, but uh, (laughs) I found like papers seemed like a good idea, but only if I had figured out how the professor wanted papers to be written. Um, Because sometimes I found it was very arbitrary, like papers that I was proud of didn't always get the best grades compared to papers that were written just for what you think the professor wants. Um, So there was a little bit more subjectivity to a paper that like I could manage my time differently and perhaps more efficiently with having a bunch of papers. But I also felt like, uh, there's, there's uh less, it's less of a sure outcome when it's a subjective grade.
1: That is true. Um, I don't know. I found if I went and talked to the professors and also, if you have other papers due throughout the semester, you can get a pretty good gauge on uh, what's being looked for. And, you know, sometimes you just piss your professor off by calling her Mrs. Yeah,
0: oh, Oops. yeah, I heard about that one. That was not the warm, fuzzy experience you want to have. Nope. Oh my no, goodness. Well, I know that you had a chance to do your, your rant. Uh, You came for every single person who speaks in a silent reading room as (laughs) you
1: should. Or eats. Or eats. That's also not okay.
0: Yeah. Um, But, you know, I'm going to give you my note from an optimist and I'm just going to pull from a thread I started to address earlier that, you know, that value of, balance in your life that can result in having more patience. And I think we're starting to see this with Felicity as she relates to Ben. By the end of this episode, perhaps we're seeing a more subdued version of Noel, which we desperately needed to see. Um, Although it was really funny to see him unglued for the whole beginning of it. But I think as you start having other stuff occupying your mind or other things happening in your life, sometimes that helps you have more of a perspective on what you thought was really important before. And I think in the case of Felicity and Ben, we're seeing that Felicity now that she's got all these other things going on in her world, she's being much more natural with him. She's being much more herself and she's bringing a more authentic version of her to that relationship. And it's more attractive to Ben as a result. And she desperately wanted to be attractive to him before, but it was the desperation that, drove him away really and you know now that she's got other stuff going on um it's allowing her to just be who she is in that setting and hopefully we're starting to see a little bit more of that with Noel or we will soon where he can be a little bit more patient because um you know he's got other things to focus on he has to deal with Uncle Kenny's death and you know he had his finals and he's got this Richard stuff to deal with and hopefully for him There's just going to be more things that create balance in his life. Um, But, you know, I think there's, there's something to be said for this. Like sometimes the best way to move something forward is to look away from it for a second and to let it do its own thing. Um, You know, you, you find the lost item when you stop looking, you know, kind of thing. So I, I think there's a lesson in that for all of us and hopefully we're starting to see it play out here.
1: Very nice to have our, our notes from an optimist after my random rants. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's just address what Sally said, what Sally meant. Um, you know, we got another one here. Uh, we, we heard a bunch from Felicity to Sally at the start of the episode, and Sally caps it off with her tape back to Felicity. So you ready to tackle that one, Fish?
1: I am indeed.
0: All right. So she says dear Felicity.
1: Oh, thank God. It is a Christmas miracle. You have moved on to a new guy.
0: For some reason, in the past few months, I've become a real believer in not defining every single thing.
1: I can finally come out of witness protection. Ned or Neil, whatever, you don't have to define anything. All that's important is that you're not stalking Ben anymore. Good job, Felicity. Good job. (laughs)
0: Seems like every time you think you figured out what something is, it just becomes something else.
1: I cannot wait to get out of this friggin' desert and have a real Christmas with snow and cider. Ice skating, wood-burning fires. I might even go skiing instead of sitting in the lodge all day.
0: My first Christmas at college was incredibly strange.
1: My handler, Emmett, and I will have to figure out what's next for us. But we've already been talking about it.
0: I remember leaving Brown, really excited to get home.
1: I don't want to freak you out. But after that whole paper thing, they were starting to move in on you.
0: (laughs) I got back to California.
1: I don't know exactly who they are, but they managed to plant a few people to keep an eye on you.
0: And I was with my parents in the house I grew up in.
1: There was one guy, Lucas, but he ended up having a problem with his roommate. We thought you might be on to us and had put the idea of stabbing him in his roommate's head.
0: I just remember lying in bed feeling homesick.
1: Then there was Daryl. He was pretty green. He went off on some guy named Zach because he thought he was compromised. Ended up being a terrible plant as an RA, so we had to pull him.
0: I hope everything works out with you and Noel
1: but their best asset is a tech whiz. I don't know anything about them, just that they're very close to you. And we're testing out microphone underwear a while back. I have hope. They were going to arrest you before the holidays, but Emmett said they needed more evidence. Apparently they planted some top secret device to gather it. I don't know anything about it other than they call it the box, and you're never supposed to shake it.
0: And I wish you both, 3,000 miles apart, a Merry Christmas.
1: But it's all fine now. You've stopped following Ben, you haven't asked for his blood once, and now you're even kissing other guys. This is amazing. I'm sure you and Ned are going to be perfect for each other. Time to hit the slopes.
0: Well, yeah, this really tied it all together, didn't it? Yeah. Wow. I mean, we'll we'll have to
1: see whether it lasts, but uh, she's pretty excited at this point.
0: I guess we need to be suspect of every single new character we meet in the show moving forward.
1: I mean, I I would be. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, uh, you know, in terms of feedback we ourselves have gotten, Uh, in our, after you listen to this tape, you have to erase it segment. I just wanted to share, I had a quick interaction with the folks at Report Entertainment who are, you know, uh, the agency behind the Swing Tips song, Santa Swings, because that song certainly, at least in the DVD version, gets really highlighted in this episode. We'll hear it a number of times Uh, It was definitely added an energy. And so they had some thoughts about it. They said, when we first saw the episode, we laughed our asses off. It just kept getting faster and faster. Ha. Um, So this that's, you know, thumbs up. Thumbs up from the people behind the music. Um, it, It seems like it was a good representation.
1: And I liked it. It, you know, it's not your normal Christmas song, and it had just the right amount of energy to match uh, match Noel's pace.
0: Yeah, it had that sort of jive spirit behind it, and, uh, you know, that's, we needed something to match Noel's hyper energy, and goodness, that song was up to the task. Ugh. But let's take a look at our rating for this episode overall, Fish. So, I don't know, what did what did you think of this one?
1: Well, I mean, I think you've already given a spoiler alert on what you're going to give it. So I guess we can start with me. Uh, you know, I loved the little vignettes. I loved how funny it was and the music. I mean, everything about it, it was just a really fun episode. Um, I think for me, we, you know, you need those episodes, especially in a show like this, that isn't really an overall comedy. So I very much enjoyed it, but I wouldn't say that it's sort of the most moving for me. You Uh know, I, when I'm watching a drama, I kind of want something that's going to either kind of rip my heart out a bit or that is uh you know two people coming together you know some of the i think more dramatic episodes have more of an effect on me Mm -hmm. but you know i just really like this one so i'm gonna go ahead and give it an eight um but it's that's the reason it's not a ten for me um is it, it didn't have that kind of sort of gripping story under it where I really felt for the characters.
0: Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. And I also, you know, I, I like a good drama and I, what I love that this show has so many moments that make you feel that are really emotional. Um, and actually, you know, the other episode that I think of in my favorites list is much more dramatic and has a lot more of the feels, um, This one, though, oh, one amazing line after another. I mean, the whole episode is quotable and really memorable. And um, so, yeah, for me, as you might be able to imagine, this one's going to be a 10 out of 10. And 10 out of 10, what, you may ask? Well, I thought I'd go with smart powder drinks.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. That's going to be a lot. That's going to be a lot for Noel to handle.
0: That's going to be way too much for him to handle. He can't even handle a one out of 10. So... It's, it's a lot, but 10 out of 10 for me, uh, I totally appreciate that this show does emotional really well. And, you know, they spent a lot of time in that area a couple, a couple episodes ago, and I do think it needed to be broken up a bit here. So this show disrupts, uh, (laughs) with this episode and I do think it was needed for the pacing of this season.
1: Absolutely. I can see
0: it. Yeah. So let's uh, just remind everybody, for those who want to share feedback with us, we would absolutely love to hear from you. What do you think about this show? What do you think about any of the upcoming episodes? If you want to share feedback or even if you've got artwork that you've done for Felicity Fan Art, feel free to share that with us at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. You can also find us and a pretty awesome community of Felicity fans at our Instagram at Felicity Podcast. And then if you would like to be notified when we have a new episode come out, we do have a newsletter that goes out Once an episode drops, so you can check out the show notes so that you can sign up for that, but we continue to have a bunch of fun episodes, uh, on the way here. The next one is going to be called gimme an O. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. So we'll see what that one's about, but any other thoughts here before we
1: close out fish? Nope. I think that's all for me.
0: Well, okay then. I guess that's everything. So until next time, fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone.
1: I'm a fish.
0: Bye. Hey everyone.